Today is the 26th day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you. Uh, Coming uh, to you today, back on the Mediterranean coast, we began our journey, uh, our pilgrimage through the land of the Bible on the Mediterranean coast, quite a ways south from where we are now, but We've made a big circle and we're back on the coast to the north. We'll talk about all that. We spent yesterday kind of in the Jezreel Valley. And uh, before this day's over, we'll find ourselves finally arriving in Jerusalem, which is a very, very different experience than any of the places that we've visited so far. So... We are continuing to move forward in this pilgrimage. Thank you for your continued prayers. Talk a little bit more about what we're doing at the end, but we've come here for one thing uh, in particular, and that is to hear the Word of God and allow it to become a part of our day and to wash into our hearts and plant good seeds in the soil that's there. So... We're reading from the Christian Standard Bible this week. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 1 through 20, verse 21 today. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to the entire Israelite community and tell them, Be holy, because I am The Lord your God am holy. Each of you is to respect his mother and father. You are to keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make cast images of gods for yourself. I am the Lord your God. When you offer a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord, sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It is to be eaten on the day you sacrifice it, or on the next day, but what remains on the third day must be burned. If any is eaten on the third day, it is a repulsive thing. It will not be accepted. Anyone who eats it will bear his iniquity, for he has profaned what is holy to the Lord. That person is to be cut off from his people. When you reap the harvest of your land, you are not to reap the very edge of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not strip your vineyard bare or gather its fallen grapes. Leave them for the poor and the resident alien. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not act deceptively or lie to one another. Do not swear falsely by my name profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. Do not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages due a hired worker must not remain with you until morning. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. But you are to fear God. I am the Lord. Do not act unjustly when deciding a case. Do not be partial to the poor or give preference to the rich. Judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. 
do not jeopardize your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not harbor hatred against your brother. Rebuke your neighbor directly, and you will not incur guilt because of him. Do not take revenge or bear a grudge against members of your community, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You are to keep my statutes. Do not crossbreed two different kinds of your livestock. Sow your fields with two kinds of seed or put on a garment made of two kinds of material. If a man has sexual intercourse with a woman who is a slave designated for another man, but she has not been redeemed or given her freedom, there must be punishment. They are not to be put to death because she had not been freed. However, he must bring a ram as his guilt offering to the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest will make atonement on his behalf before the Lord with the ram of the guilt offering for the sin he has committed, and he will be forgiven for the sin he committed. When you come into the land and plant any kind of tree for food, you are to consider the fruit forbidden. It will be forbidden to you for three years. It is not to be eaten. In the fourth year, all its fruit is to be consecrated as a praise offering to the Lord. But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruits. In this way, its yield will increase for you. I am the Lord your God. You are not to eat anything with blood in it. You are not to practice divination or witchcraft. You are not to cut off the hair of the sides of your head or mar the edges of your beard. You are not to make gashes on your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Do not debase your daughter by making her a prostitute, or the land will be prostituted and filled with depravity. Keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not turn to mediums or consult spiritists, or you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. You are to rise in the presence of the elderly and honor the old. Fear your God. I am the Lord. When an alien resides with you in your land, you must not oppress him. You will regard the alien who resides with you as the native born among you. You are to love him as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Do not be unfair in measurements of length, weight, or volume. You are to have honest balances, honest weights, an honest dry measure, and an honest liquid measure. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them. I am the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses. Say to the Israelites, Any Israelites or alien residing in Israel who gives any of his children to Molech must be put to death. 
the people of the country are to stone him. I will turn against that man and cut him off from his people, because he gave his offering to Molech, defiling my sanctuary and profaning my holy name. But if the people of the country look the other way when that man gives any of his children to Molech and do not put him to death, then I will turn against that man and his family and cut off from their people both him and all who follow him in prostituting themselves with Molech. Whoever turns to mediums or spiritists and prostitutes himself with them, I will turn against that person and cut him off from his people. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sets you apart. If anyone curses his father or mother, he must be put to death. He has cursed his father or mother. His death is his own fault. If a man commits adultery with a married woman, if he commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. If a man sleeps with his father's wife, he has violated the intimacy that belongs to his father. Both of them must be put to death. Their death is their own fault. If a man sleeps with his daughter-in-law, both of them must be put to death. They have acted perversely. Their death is their own fault. If a man sleeps with a man as with a woman, they have both committed a detestable act. They must be put to death. Their death is their own fault. If a man marries a woman and her mother, it is depraved. Both he and they must be burned, so that there will be no depravity among you. If a man has sexual intercourse with an animal, he must be put to death. You are also to kill the animal. If a woman approaches any animal and mates with it, you are to kill the woman and the animal. They must be put to death. Their death is their own fault. If a man marries his sister, whether his father's daughter or his mother's daughter, and they have sexual relations, it is a disgrace. They are to be cut off publicly from their people. He has had sexual intercourse with his sister. He will bear his iniquity. If a man sleeps with a menstruating woman and has sexual intercourse with her, he has exposed the source of her flow, and she has uncovered the source of her blood. Both of them are to be cut off from their people. You must not have sexual intercourse with your mother's sister or your father's sister, for it is exposing one's own blood relative. Both people will bear their iniquity. If a man sleeps with his aunt, he has violated the intimacy that belongs to his uncle. They will bear their guilt and die childless. If a man marries his brother's wife, it is impurity. He has violated the intimacy that belongs to his brother. They will be childless. Mark 8, 11 through 38. 
The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, demanding of him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation demand a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got back into the boats, and went to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to take bread and had only one loaf with them in the boat. Then he gave them strict orders. Watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They were discussing among themselves that they did not have any bread. Aware of this, he said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Don't you understand or comprehend? Do you have hardened hearts? Do you have eyes and not see? Do you have ears and not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many basketfuls of leftovers did you collect? Twelve, they told him. When I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many baskets full of pieces did you collect? Seven, they said. And he said to them, Don't you understand yet? They came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. Spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. The man looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Jesus went out with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They answered him, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he strictly warned them to tell no one about him. Then he began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed and rise after three days. He spoke openly about this. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning around and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. Calling the crowd along with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? 
What can anyone give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Psalm 42, Book 2 Longing for God, for the choir director, a masculine of the sons of Korah. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while all day long people say to me, Where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with many, leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise Him, my Savior and my God. I am deeply depressed. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and the peaks of Hermon, from Mount Mitzar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your billows have swept over me. The Lord will send his faithful love day by day. His song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about in sorrow because of the enemy's oppression? My adversaries taunt me, as if crushing my bones, while all day long they say to me, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise Him, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 10, 17 The one who follows instruction is on the path to life, but the one who rejects correction goes astray. Okay, in the Gospel of Mark today, Jesus lays out some criteria about what it might look like if you want to follow after him, if you want to follow the way that he is illuminating and kind of hidden in plain sight in this, this little dialogue is something that we, we really need to think about and get a discerning heart about. So first, let's just kind of look at what Jesus is saying, like a, a disciple, a follower, like wh what they would look like. He said, if anyone wants to follow after me, 
let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Basically, Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, then follow me by doing what I do. And then he goes on to say, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? What can anyone give in exchange for his life? Okay, so we could say that those are some characteristics of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Someone willing to deny themselves and carry the burden of the gospel and following Jesus forward in the face of the darkness. To be light in the darkness, knowing that darkness hates the light because the light exposes what's in the dark. Knowing that going in and knowing that it will be difficult, a difficult road, that it will be costly. But knowing that this would be living, as the Apostle Paul said, as a living sacrifice, that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives within us, so that we are as Christ in this world. Right, so the converse will be true. The, the person that, uh, that only embellishes themselves and their ego and their identity, they won't deny themselves They aren't self-sacrificial in any way whatsoever and will not carry any burden of the gospel or bringing light into the dark. They just try to protect themselves and save themselves and save their lives and save their identities. They're going to lose it. But whoever knows on the front end that these things, these entanglements, these attachments, these hang-ups will lead them in no way closer to Jesus. Those who know that are willing to lose that life in order to find actual life. Okay, so you'd be like, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a really good um, way of unpacking that so that it makes sense, but I've kind of heard this about a thousand times in my life. I kind of get that. Well, if you get it, Is it what your life looks like? But let's take this way, way deeper. It's uh, often that I hear people tell me or I hear stories of people saying uh, what kind of attack they are under. Like, so hear it all the time. My family is under great attack right now. Or we've been in in a season where it seems like all the dark forces are coming against us. This is a a pretty common thing to hear, especially if you're in ministry. But, But by what definition are we saying these things? In other words, how is it that we've verified that we are under attack from the evil one who has spent special attention on us today or this week or this season? and is somehow getting away with it. These things only happen when we're facing hardship or difficulty or pressure. That the life that we want to live or the life that we're trying to live is being thwarted 
And so because we're not getting what we think we deserve or want or desire, then then we are being, then we have come under attack. Now, I'm not saying this is not possible. I'm saying when we find ourselves in that position, we find ourselves at a crossroads. And what we have heard from the scripture is that at that crossroads, wisdom will be there. And we need a discerning heart at that crossroads. Here's why. When we face hardship, when we face seasons of challenge, and they can be deep challenges, they can be brutal at times. We all know that, like I'm not saying anything we don't all know. Life has its difficulties and challenges. Uh, This is a promise. This isn't a surprise. This is something that we've been told like uh, in black and white, like clear, clear, clear from the Bible. So if we have our wits about us and we're going into a season, we're feeling a season like, man, the unexpected is happening. And this this feels like the bottom is dropping out. (laughs) As I had a season like that last summer, I sat down on my couch one day and I said, Jill, have you noticed that nothing, nothing is going smooth? Like everything is hard right now. Like ev- nothing is going smooth. Like I'm sure that's been, I- I'm sure you've experienced this at times. So if we have our wits about us and we understand the words of Jesus, then we understand, okay, what I'm facing here is an opportunity to deny myself and take up my cross and endure and keep walking forward because whatever life I think I'm losing in this is life I'm going to find. It's false. I'm going to find what's true. The the truth is, though, that that would be the appropriate posture, but often these things, they work as an attack. They work because we let them work. We let it estrange us from God because somehow he didn't come through. But what if he was saying, yeah, I am coming through for you. You have no idea what I'm freeing you of through this fire. You're going to come out on the other side pure as gold. Right? Well, if we think God is letting us down and this whole attack thing has taken us out, then the opportunity for wisdom and growth was there, but we fell for the bait and were estranged from God. But can we also acknowledge that the the flip side of that coin can also be true? What if all hardship, all challenge, all difficulty that is currently in your life were removed? and massive amounts of financial blessing came into your life suddenly and your cares because now you have you have your feet under you and you have some power now your cares are floating away would you ever say to a friend i am really under attack from the evil one right now Probably not, right? We would say, no, the evidence of God's blessings pouring down from the sky are all around me. And yet, wouldn't that be an equal crossroads where we would look for wisdom and discernment? For what does it 
profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So if we think about the times that we have faced challenge in our lives, I mean, aren't those the times usually that we go running for God? And the times where we feel like we're in control, that we drift away from God? So what is a greater deception? What is a greater seduction? Perhaps when we find ourselves at a crossroads, either one that is challenging or one that is looking like the wind will be at our back for a while and we'll be coasting. These are crossroads. We need discernment. When the evil one tempted Jesus, what he say? you can have all of this. I'll give all of this to you. You can have it all if you bow down and worship me. Right? That was the tactic, not worship me or I will have you killed. We need discernment about the challenges we face in life. We need discernments about the seasons where the challenge goes away because we can be seduced away from God either way. It's not one or the other. We need wisdom and discernment. What Jesus told us is to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Let's allow that to be something that we meditate on today. What does that look like for us? And so Holy Spirit, we invite you into this. There's, there's plenty to think about here. Because it's true, we base our judgment of blessing or cursing or good or evil kind of based on the on how our culture informs us. And so if it's pleasurable, then it's good. And if it's if it's challenging and it's something to be endured, then it's bad. Which is simply not the case and simply not supported in the scriptures. So give us wisdom so that we might understand at every crossroads the narrow path that leads to life and that we would stop blaming you for things you had nothing to do with or giving credit to the forces of evil for things that you have done in our lives to free us come holy spirit we pray into all of this in the name of jesus we ask amen Okay, so here in the land of the Bible, where we are continuing our journey, uh, a, a journey inward, a journey outward, a journey in the land, all kinds of journeys happening within us as we move about. Uh, we left the Galilee yesterday, and uh, we had one more stop on the way out, Kersey, uh, on the northeast side of the lake. Uh, the land of the Gerizines is a story of Jesus throwing a, a legion of demons into a herd of swine. And so there is uh, ancient Byzantine monastery, the oldest one in Israel, as I understand it, uh, there to commemorate the spots. And we just took some time there to reflect on that story and the reality that uh, when the people on that side of the lake saw this man who had been possessed and untamed basically uh, in his right mind and 
swine floating in the Dead Sea. Like, it was deeply confusing and obviously something significant had happened. But they asked Jesus to leave. And I just kind of thought about the ways that we, we follow in those footsteps. And so when we left there, we drove along the east side of the lake southward and then away from the Sea of Galilee south to an ancient Roman Decapolis city called Betchan. Amazing, uh, um, amazing ruins from the Roman Empire and earlier and later. And we went into the, uh, the amphitheater and took some seats and kind of look out over the city and we opened the scriptures. We spoke about the death of Saul because this city, Bet-Chan, is named in that story. So King Saul, the first king. We haven't gotten to this as we're going through the scriptures this year, but we will. He uh, went to battle with the Philistines and ended up being killed. He and his three sons were killed on Mount Gilboa. And when when uh, the next day after the battle, when everybody's coming coming to kind of take the loot off the bodies and stuff, they found Saul. And uh, they cut off his head and sent his armor away and celebrated their great victory, uh, delivered to them by their gods, and they took Paul's, or Saul's body and uh, hung it from the walls of Bet-Shan. And so some of those ancient walls exist. And so uh, we just rooted ourselves there before Exploring is probably one of the greatest Roman-era ruins in Israel. And then we started working our way across the Jezreel Valley, passing by Megiddo, uh, Har Megiddo, Mount Megiddo, Har Megiddo, Armageddon. And uh, we drove by there and then up uh, to lunch and then up onto the top of Mount Carmel, we can really see a, a, a wide panorama of the Jezreel Valley. And we just open the scriptures again, considering the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal and the showdown and the fire on the mountain and the execution of Jezebel's prophets and then Jezebel's threat that sent Elijah on the run back into the wilderness only for God to come to him and ask, what are you doing here back in the wilderness? And this is really poignant when you're kind of making this journey because we've been in the wilderness. We know what the wilderness is like, not only in our lives, we spent plenty of time reflecting on that, but what it's actually like to go through it because we just did it uh, several days ago. So just kind of, considering that and applying it to our lives and understanding that Elijah was invited to come meet with God, but it wasn't in the wind on the mountain. It wasn't on the fire. It wasn't in the grand display of power on the mountain. It was in the still small voice. And so we kind of put that in our hearts to consider as we moved down off the mountain and back to the Mediterranean coast and the coastal city, uh, Roman-era city of Caesarea Maritima. And uh, it's pretty spectacular, right on the coast. Uh, more than pretty, it's, it's, it's very spectacular uh, just to see it. 
understanding the Apostle Paul was arrested and carried to Caesarea Maritima uh, away from Jerusalem and held there for a couple of years and eventually uh, making an appeal to the emperor as a Roman citizen, he had that right. And so from Caesarea, he sailed to Rome. So we had to touch a bit of that story before then moving to our hotel for the evening and a long day and ready for a good night's sleep. And today we will... We will be off from here and heading into the interior a little bit while making our way down toward Jerusalem, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. Thank you for your continued prayers, especially over stamina and uh, fatigue. It just kind of starts to set in. There's a lot going on every day, and so we just need the energy to finish well and uh, have open hearts to all that God has yet in store for us as we continue the journey. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There's a link on the homepage. Thank you humbly with all my heart for your partnership. If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer the mailing address, it's P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. As always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can uh, hit the hotline button in the app, the little red button at the top, or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hello, Daily Little Bible. This is Steve. I'm calling to request prayer for my son, Santiago. We are currently at the hospital. He went through surgery yesterday because he fell on his bike and started puking blood. But uh, we found a perforation. The doctor uh, closed the hole, and now we just need prayer for recovery. They estimate four to two weeks. But, you know, we pray for God to, you know, shorten that recovery time. So, DAB family, this is Steve from Texas. Please pray for my son, son, Chavo. Thank you. God bless you. Hello, St. Louis. Oh, welcome, brother. Welcome. This is Heather in Atlanta. February 17th, still wet, foggy, foggy. Just jury day. You brought... So much sunshine, so much sunshine. I am pulled over on the side of the road, just bawling my eyes out. Welcome, 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 welcome. I want you to know that the day that I heard your call back in January was the day that I stopped living in fear. And for the first time in five years, I asked for help. I begged for help through this family, the DAB family. You were the one who, I don't know why, just something about your story made me, if this man not even knowing Christ can pick up this phone and just communicate with someone, Heather, what is stopping you? 
And Harold, thank you so much. And welcome so much. Just welcome. There are great things in store for you. I wish I could come watch you run. Oh, Harold, welcome, son. Welcome. I just want to tell you I love you and thank you for everything and how wonderful it is to hear you encouraging people to call in. And I look forward to the day that I get to see your face one day, Harold. Welcome. Welcome, love. Everybody else, I continue to cover us all in prayer, and I just want to say I love you. Brian and the entire Harden family, I continue to cover you in prayer throughout our journey through the Holy Land. I love each and every one of you. Oh, Harold. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm going to jump back on our 75 North, y'all. I love you. Everybody have a wonderful... Hi, this is Rachel from Pennsylvania. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I want to lift up to you those who are struggling with sickness, um, those who have contracted the coronavirus and the flu virus. I just want to pray that you be with them and with their families. I pray that the viruses um, are contained and don't spread to other um, caregivers and and other family members. Uh, I just pray that you will, for those who um, are infected, that you will protect them and um, give them uh, strength and energy, uh, keep their fevers down, and um, I just pray that that they do not uh, end up needing to be hospitalized. Um, and if they are hospitalized, that you're there with them in their in their hospital rooms, watching over them. Um, I just pray that uh, that that they have quick re recovery, um, and that that those family members that are are there and exposed, um, or the caregivers, that you just protect them and um, that they don't contract the virus. And um, I also want to lift up, I think it was L. Um, I couldn't understand exactly the, the full name, but a child called in um, to, uh, to pray for himself and his family who contracted a cold or a virus, um, and also his grandmother um, who had um, an injured leg. So I want to pray for that child and, and um, his family, and I just want to Lift them up to you, Lord. Please heal them quickly and swiftly and completely. In your name I pray, amen. Hi, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Dorothy. I posted on the prayer wall a couple times and I just wanted to give a praise report. Thank you so, so, so much for praying for me. Um, God heard your prayers. I'm healed. I mean, of, of that medical, well, I, I stated a general medical issue. It was a possible immunodeficiency disorder that was like a genetic um thing and um, I was supposed to get the diagnosis today to start immunoglobulin treatment monthly, which is very, very expensive, which most people cannot afford. And um, I've been crying every day and just, but anyway, long story short, the doctor told me today that um, I can make antibodies and that my immune system is like everybody else's. And he didn't really have an answer. Um, and pretty much told me last month that uh, adults don't heal. So I'm healed. 
I asked him, can I go around licking doorknobs now? And he's like, uh, no, let's wait six. So they're going to pull the, um, the antibiotics and monitor me for six months to check if I get sick. But according to the blood test, I'm healed. I'm a normal person. And not to say others, you know, not other things wrong with me, but, <laughs> um, thank you. And I, and, uh, I just wanted to encourage you that prayer works. And thank you so much for those that did. I love you guys. I was suicidal when dealing with this and your guys' love for each other is made, gave me the community I needed and kept me going, so thank you. I love you guys so much. Bye. Hey there, Dabbers. This is Vani in Northern California calling on, um, let's see, Wednesday, February, 19th. And I just heard Harold call in. I am jumping for joy, Harold. And you can't imagine how the angels in heaven are dancing and singing over you. And welcome to the family, brother. We've all been praying for you and we've been inspired by your calls. And thank you so much for calling in and letting us know. We'll, we will just keep on praying for you and for others who are listening to the program and, um, like you said, are afraid to call in. Oh, oh Lord, please bless Harold um, and take care of the others who are in such need right now, Lord, all the ones that you've laid upon our hearts to pray for. Thank you, God, for intercessory prayer, for the ability to bring our needs before you. We love you, God, and we are so grateful for the family of God. All right, have a blessed day, everybody. I was just listening to Harold, the marathon runner, come in and call in and tell about hearing so many people praying for him. I haven't called in about it, but I have been praying for you ever since I heard that. And I just knew that you were going to be saved. And I praise in the Lord for your salvation. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Harold. Hey, it's Kim in Las Vegas. Harold, I just heard your prayer request that you accepted Christ and I'm in tears. It's good to have you in the family. You know, it was, it's good news to hear this morning. I needed to hear it. And uh, God, I just thank you for bringing our brother into your fold, Lord, that he's part of our family, Lord. We were pulling him in and drawing him in. You were drawing him in further, Lord, to, to you and into this family. And I pray that he would lean on you, Lord, and he would know that he has thousands and thousands of family members around the world praying for him always, Lord. And I just thank you for this victory. It's in your son's name, I pray.